standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus, episode 286. We're going to call it a What If Wednesday. It is going to be October the 19th. We are a little over three weeks out on the nose, I believe, from the next general election. And the purpose of today's What If is to, I don't know, Consider the alternatives. Some are pleasant and some are not so pleasant, but this is just one man's opinion. And before we get started, let me remind you that I would ask that you like, share, comment, and subscribe to the show. I've got just about 50 subscribers at this time. I'd like to hit 100. I'm going to Shoot for hitting that uh, 50K by the end of November in downloads, and we're clocking along still in that direction. And without further ado, here we go. Number one, Beto wins. Yep, Robert Francis O'Rourke stuns the world and wins the governorship of Texas. Now there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, And the uh, grassroots will be furious. I suspect if this actually were to occur, the grassroots would probably face the idea that it's their own fault. Not because they did anything, but because every little moderate and milquetoast Republican out there would be screaming at them and blaming them for the loss. Because they attacked him. They stayed home. Find your excuses. But I would say this. It may be. It may be just the wake up call that the state legislature needs to get off their butt and actually take back some control to institute some changes that they have all the rights and authority to do. Case in point, my birth state of Wisconsin got a lot of good stuff done with the last governor. And he lost his election uh, in 2018 to what I would just say are some dubious events. But Scott Walker was a great governor and he had a pretty solid state legislature. But no sooner did he get removed, they got a basically full-on quasi-socialist progressive a hack in there. The irony is, according to Cato, he actually scores slightly higher with economic freedom than our current governor, Greg Abbott. So I ask you, number one, how is that possible? And number two, why do we tolerate that? Well, the first part is, is the Wisconsin state legislature Um, though largely populated by rhinos themselves, actually has to do battle. And they have to hold the ground and they don't let the governor do the things he might otherwise want to do. The net effect is they make the progressive hack come across as a fairly moderate economic governor. Unfortunately, in the state of Texas, our state legislature pretty much does whatever the governor asks of them and they don't question anything. And quite frankly, they're not all that impressive. So if Beto wins, maybe, just maybe, 
they'll show up for work. Now, the session will begin when the new governor in this scenario is inaugurated. And I suspect that the new governor, being unqualified and over his head, will probably try to do several things. And my thought is, is the legislature won't go for it. They'll block him. And being that if Beta were to actually win by some stretch of the imagination, all the other statewide offices could be in question. I mean, woe be to us if we lose Ken Paxton along the way. But let's say in this scenario, he holds. He gets his uh, 52% or 51.5% or something like that to where it's beyond the shadow of cheating, but not super convincing. And and Beto's in there and Robert Francis proceeds to start trying to appoint people into different positions and get different things done that a good progressive that he is would want to get done. And it is my belief that the legislature would stand up. Now, my fear, and this is the flip side of this scenario, my fear is if that were to happen, we might lose some of those close seats. And that could bring in a whole other scenario. So now we're going to go into scenario number two. The Republican red wave fails. Now, in many ways, this is more scary than Beto winning because Robert Francis is the governor, but then has, I don't know, a weak majority of Republicans facing him. Now, we know from previous experience that our Republicans in the House are some weak sister sauce and the Senate is nominally better, uh, but they all bow to the lieutenant governor. Who, by the way, just in case you wanted, did get 63 or 65% of the Republican primary vote, or so we're told. But nevertheless, I won't expect the legislature is going to get that much done because their majority is even slimmer now. And they and they just fear everything. And they, they're afraid of their own shadow. Wait a minute, that might be... Well, nevertheless. So now they're facing Robert Francis. Dan Patrick's still there, but... Dan's going to grow his backbone back, maybe, right? You know, he's going to still have a fairly solid majority in that state Senate, but the House, the House is going to be a major letdown. In fact, it would not surprise me at all if Phelan was replaced with a even more moderate, even more weak sister Republican. And as a matter of fact, it would not surprise me if we saw the return of someone from the past that is even more weak sister sauce that's going to count out. Now, one would hope that the Republicans, even with a slim majority, would wake up and demand strong action and they would put on their bulletproof vests and go to work. But if they don't get the red wave, I don't think they're going to feel all that confident. I don't I don't feel that they're going to be up for leading by example. I don't feel like they're going to show up and do battle because the red wave failed. In a larger event... This would be coupled with the House being only nominally Republican and the Senate not flipping at the national level. And now we have to look at the fact that <laughs> Sleepy Creepy Joe is going to be able to do a whole lot more damage at the federal level because now Texas won't be there to file uh, interference. I mean, the sad fact is, is we just don't have a lot of good leadership in the Republican Party. 
I mean, we've got the governor of Florida. He's solid, but only when it is to his advantage. Eh, it's a politician. That's what the yeah, Christy Nome, who's there 50%, 60% of the time, and she caved from the NCAA. And then you got Governor Gregg, who sticks his finger in the air and waits for the breeze to blow. Other than that, we don't have any good quality Republican governors that are willing to stick their neck out. Now, maybe, just maybe, in this scenario, Carrie Lake does eke out a victory in Arizona. So maybe we could pivot to her, and between her and uh, Governor of Florida, we have some new tag team in action, new pushback on the federal government. But again, in this scenario, the red wave fails. And while we're on this scenario, in case you're not aware, the quasi-Republican Mitt Romney is busy undercutting, in fact, undermining and attacking his Republican counterpart in the U.S. Senate who's up for re-election, Mr. Mike Lee. Now, one wonders what might be his motivation to have McMuffin run against him. Now, is it because they're brothers in their uh, Latter-day Saints club? Or is it because Mike Lee's just too strong for him? Or is it because Mike Lee's friends with Rand Paul and, you know, Mitt Romney can't stomach anybody that's um, actually concerned about liberties? I don't know. But again, in this scenario, you lose a seat that you should hold and you just, now you're down to another seat or two in the Senate and they're going to run roughshod over us. So, I mean, that's kind of a pretty negative scenario. But again, they're two what ifs. They're buttressed off of each other. It should be enough to keep you motivated. Even if you're less than thrilled with our leadership in the state of Texas, Unfortunately, we're left with the scenario of who's going to do the least amount of damage. And I got to be honest, Robert Francis is the bigger threat, in my opinion. You may have a different opinion, and that's okay. But at the end of the day, we got to go put on our Republican hats and vote Republican. But then that also begs the question. We keep sending squishes down to represent us in the uh, Texas House. Should we really expect anything better out of them? Now, it's my sincere hope that my new or likely new state rep is going to get a shot of uh, adrenaline, a little shot of testosterone. And if you've ever met the guy, he really doesn't need any more testosterone. But I'm just saying he's going to go down there and deal with the swamp. And I really hope that uh, he puts his hip waiter boots on and goes into battle for us. maybe it's wishful thinking and I've gotten some pushback on it, right? But the other option is just not an option. I mean, you can sit out, you cannot vote. And, you know, I can respect that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate you for that. You can go write in somebody. I can respect that as well. But to vote for the opponent, the Democrat, oh, come on, what are you thinking? But I don't think we're there yet. I, I don't, I don't think anybody's advocating that. Okay, now let's kick over to the other scenario. Abbott wins. We're going to even call it a significant win, and he gets a even sizable majority in the Texas House. And his keynote, his keystone, his big deal for the next session is going to be school choice. Why? Oh, that's right, because somebody in Arizona beat him to it. And quite frankly, DeSantis in Florida is probably going to be working on the same thing. And they're going to have some really good legislation 
recognizing that you have a freedom to exercise where you send your child. The problem is, is when the government takes your money and reallocates it. So in Arizona, they've, they've done it a little creatively and they've added a couple layers of protection so that they can't manipulate you by putting on restrictions. But that's for now. And we'll take it for now. I mean, even some libertarians are, let's say, cautiously optimistic with Arizona's laws. So does my sincere hope that Governor Gregg is going to do this. And that's his, like I said, that's what he's pushing. That's what he sold us. And he's won his re-election and he's got a good solid majority in both the House and the Senate. And they could do something that really makes a big difference. They could do something that empowers the future and protects the children. And that's a statewide school choice program that allows the money to not be taken in the first place, perhaps, or it rebates or something. And you can opt not to take the money if you put your child somewhere and you don't need the money. That's fine, too. You can add that extra layer of insulation so government doesn't tell you how and when to educate your child. And we already have some of the best homeschooling laws in the nation in Texas. Texas actually does lead the way, but it's not because of anything the Republicans did. It was because of a judge that issued an opinion that gave them cover. Interesting how that happens. You win some and you lose some when it comes to those judges. But that should be a reminder to you why they are so important and why we cannot fall asleep on the switch. And why when we redistrict those judgeships in the state of Texas, we ought to keep that in mind instead of doing the orderly retreat that Republicans are so well known for. Okay, so that scenario is played out. He he pulled it off. Now, as a result, there's going to be more weeping and gnashing from the various teachers associations, and, and they're going to be all sorts of upset. But here's the thing. If you create more private schools, if you create more options, those teachers have other options. They're not going to have to work for the corrupt school district. They're not going to have to work for the perverted school district. They're not going to have to work for the highly political CRT-laden school districts. No, they can go choose to work for a public school of their own choice that has maybe some different kind of school situations in there. Uh, They could go work for a private school. They could go help start a co-op. They could start their own school because the money will be there for them to see a future. And the teachers should be really excited about it. But unfortunately, because they get played as pawns all the time, I think they may just miss this. And that would be a giant shame. Giant shame. All right. um, Let's go. Next scenario. The Republicans win, but do nothing. And this scenario has, quite frankly, a lot of evidence that this is the way it's going to play out. And not surprisingly, a long track record of being the case. And that should bother us. It should be scary business. If they manage to take the House of Representatives at the national level, and they are not dragging every one of these bad actors in front of them, and putting on their own trials and their own interrogations, for lack of a better word. I'd call it a star chamber, but you know, when the Congress does these things, it's not technically a star chamber. But if you're not going to fight back, then what good does it do to win a race? What good does it do to take the Congress back? And maybe just maybe we 
take the Senate by a seat or two. And we can push back and we don't have to gift any more of these leftist judges. We don't have to gift any more appointments. We don't have to go along to get along anymore. But unfortunately, when you've got Mitt Romney's and his friends there, that's what they do. They always give the Democrats. They always do their orderly retreat. They're always looking to cut a deal to feather their own nest. Now, fortunately, Liz Cheney is going off into the dustpan to history, and we can look forward to never hearing from her again, one would hope, knock on wood. But these guys are always letting us down. It is so, so likely that they're going to do nothing. You know, Trump won. He had a Republican House, a Republican Senate, and they never once had his back. They didn't do anything to help him get stuff done, in my opinion. Now, you can argue and split straws and give me this little example or that little example, but they were too busy preening and posing and running for cover like Mitt Romney that we just don't have much to show for it. As a matter of fact, Obamacare, which was promised to be done away with, they couldn't get that done. They had the House and the Senate. What is their excuse? No spine, no testosterone, no gonads, whatever you want to call it. Paul Ryan was shown to be the failure that he should not have been. He had every sign of being that right guy. But then no sooner does he cave and give in and lose his seat, he goes to Fox News and oversees the collapse of what was once a pretty good alternative news uh, network. Now, you can love or hate Fox News, but they have definitely become less influential and less important in most people's lives. Whether you're uh, One American News or an Newsmax or whatever your preference is, doesn't matter. You actually had a contender that showed up to the fight. But whether it's Rupert Murdoch's kids or Paul Ryan's presence, they just are too busy playing gatekeepers and pushing off real conservatives. It's just a shame. It's a sad thing. But this is my biggest fear, and this is why this scenario is last. And this is why the big, big what if is, If they do nothing, what then? How do we fix it? How do we address this problem? We're stuck with the same stuff time and time again. And we're told it's the most important election ever. You have to go out and support our people. And they don't show up and do the job. And they don't support us. And they don't do what they need to do. That is the most scary scenario. So on a brighter note, here's a better what if. What if Texas actually does hold? What if Texas actually, with a solid majority in the House and the Senate, pushes Governor Gregg to realize he made an error and abused his power and reel in that uh, loophole, that that on-ramp to abuse. What what if they were to just consider that if Texas wants to lead the way, they have to be aggressive in defending liberty. They have to do more than just offer platitudes when it comes to dealing with justice. What if they were to actually take the initiative and fix some of the bad laws and increase liberty and, I don't know, send the state guard down to defend the border? As a matter of fact, what if What if they would just show up and decide one day, you know, the state guard actually works for the governor and we should recruit and we should build it out and we should turn this more 
into something more than a more... Let me back up a second. We should utilize this for something more than a largely ceremonial post. We should do more than just bring this about as a search and rescue mission. We should actually utilize this to protect the borders of Texas. What if we were to realize that the Texas Air National Guard actually works for the state of Texas and their job is to protect Texas first and foremost? What if we were to put Texas first? What if we were to, I don't know, sign a compact with Arizona, Oklahoma? What if we were to sign into that compact with, I don't know, Louisiana, Arkansas. These are other states that are suffering as well from the bad policies that are being dealt with on the border. And we can blame the feds all we want, but if we, the state of Texas, aren't willing to stand and do what's right, if we're not willing to hold the line, if we're not willing to show up at the border and patrol it, if we're not willing to push back on the narco-terrorists, then we are no better than D.C. But what if Texas, for one shining moment, realizes that we are better than this. We can do more than what we're doing and we continue to protect our people. We continue to protect our state. What if Greg Abbott really truly did care enough to take a risk? What if Greg Abbott really did truly care enough about the state of Texas and his legacy to put his neck out and do something bold? What if you were to really try and make a difference? Whether or not this actually happens is going to have a large effect by what happens with this general election cycle. It's going to have a large effect based upon whether or not we show up, whether or not we hold these people accountable, whether or not we encourage them and remind them that they work for us and this is what we want. And it doesn't help when our milquetoast moderate leadership poo-poos us, dismisses us, and tries to decide that we're not worth the time and the effort. We have to remind them. We have to stand strong. We have to be the vanguard. We have to be the point of the spear. We have to inject a little testosterone in that man and several of them down there and get them to show up for work. But what if we were to do that? What if we were to lead by example? The world's a big place and there's a lot of less than great things going on right now, but all of this can be dealt with if we will just take the chance, if we will just make the right moves, if we will just trust in one another that we can make a difference. Now, I know I I come across sometimes like one man can't make a difference. There's only so much one person can do, but The fact that I do these podcasts, the fact that I show up at political events, the fact that I serve as a precinct chair, the fact that I encourage other people to run for office should tell you that actions speak louder than a few words, that actions and words is far more powerful than platitudes. You have to get involved. And if you have to drag your neighbor, your friend, your family member across that line with you to get something done, get on it. If you have to rattle the cage of your pastor, get on it. We're at a crossroads. Whether you believe the United States is under judgment or not, whether you believe we're in the end times or not, whether you whatever your eschatology is, is irrelevant. We are called to occupy. We are called to serve the higher power. 
And in my mind, in the reality is, I serve Jesus, none of these other people. I might have to answer them for a paycheck. I might have to answer them to stay out of jail, but I serve my king. And while you may not have the same king that I do, it doesn't mean I can't work with you and I can't work alongside you to protect liberty and to stand for Texas. So until tomorrow, I will see you on the other side. And this is According to Callus. And this was a What If Wednesday. Thank you and good night.